Amen. All right. All right. Are you ready to get into God's Word for a little bit this evening? Um, turn with me again tonight, Sunday night, so we must be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. I want to read again these verses to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 concerning these spiritual gifts, the manifestations of the Spirit. And we, um, we have, you know, my, my original intention was to preach three messages total on these gifts. And I was going to take each grouping and preach one message, one session on um, the three revelation gifts, then one message on the three power gifts, and then one message on the three vocal gifts. Well, it didn't work out that way. I preached three messages on the revelation gifts. I preached, you know, that's just the way the Lord just does different things different ways at times. So I, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted us to maybe slow down and cover these gifts one at a time. So that's kindly what we're doing. And we um, have covered those three revelation gifts, which were the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And uh, those three revelation gifts, of course, are something, that those three gifts reveal something. They reveal something. So um, we talked about those the last three weeks. But tonight we want to we speak to you tonight about the uh, the power gifts, and again, I could preach probably one message on all three of these, but I don't think that's the way that it's going to work, all right? So, uh, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, if you're there, say amen. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we're going to begin reading with the 7th verse. The writer says this, the Apostle Paul says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. And, you know, again, it's given by, these gifts are by the Spirit. They're not natural gifts. It's not wisdom that you just acquire naturally. Neither is it knowledge or anything else that you acquire naturally. These gifts are given by the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will as God wills amen as the Lord wills and then in verse 31 of that 12th chapter he says but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way, which is given in chapter 13, which is the way of love. And then in chapter 14, verse 1, follow after charity, follow after love, and desire spiritual gifts. So we have tried to um, stress the fact that the Apostle Paul um, is letting us know that he does not, first of all, want us, the Holy Spirit does not want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. He wants us to know about these gifts. He wants us to understand these gifts, what they are and how they work and how they operate within the body of Christ. He wants us to, to know that and not be ignorant of that. But also, he wants us, you and I, to desire these gifts to covet these gifts. And you know, covetous, covetousness is a sin when we covet the wrong thing. Isn't that right? We're not to be covetous people. And, um, but, but when it comes to the things of God, to the gifts of the Spirit, those are, it's okay. 
It's okay, all right? You can covet here in this area. It's okay because that word covet means to, to eagerly and earnestly desire something, to want something very, very badly. And so, you know, you could covet a new Camaro, and that would probably be wrong. Amen? <laughs> but when it comes to the things of the Lord, the things of the Spirit, then we are to covet earnestly the best gifts, and we are to, Paul said, desire spiritual gifts. Amen. So um, that, that, that lets us know that these gifts of the Spirit, these giftings, God wants them to function and operate in our lives. And He wants these gifts to, and they, they should be, working and moving and operating within the church, within the body of Christ. Amen. We are, and I've made this statement the last few weeks, that we are a supernatural church. We are the, the, I mean, that's what the church is. The church is a supernatural uh, entity. It's a supernatural organism. It, it's, it's created and, and brought into being and existence by the Lord. And so everything about the church should be flowing and operating in the supernatural, in the things of God, in the things of the Spirit. Our God is a supernatural God. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. Amen? So if we are going to be a spirit-filled church, then we need to flow and should flow and operate in these gifts of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, we, we do see um, quite frequently, and we, we experience quite frequently within the church, the manifestation of the gift of diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues and prophecy. We had uh, pro a, a prophetic utterance in the service this morning, and we frequently have messages in tongues followed by interpretation. And so when we get to those vocal gifts, we'll probably spend a little more time because those seem to be the most more prominent gifts of the Spirit that are in operation. But those shouldn't be the only three gifts of the Spirit that are in operation within the church. There are nine gifts, amen? You know, it's just like there are, there are nine, the, the fruit of the Spirit, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, there are nine different, different characteristics that involve the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is singular, but there's nine different fruit that's involved there. Well, you know, it wouldn't be good just to say, well, you know, I got, I got two of those, but the rest of them I'm not really concerned about, or three. You know, I've got joy and peace and long-suffering, but I don't care anything about temperance and love and all that. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, see, it's the same way with the gifts of the Spirit. We can't just put some of them aside and say, well, you know, yeah, we got tongues and interpretation and prophecy, but we're not worried about faith or the gifts of healing or the working of miracles. We're not, we don't, we don't you know, besides, you know, we, but that, that's all passed away anyway. Well, well, it hasn't passed away. I think we've, I think we've made that perfectly clear. So we shouldn't be satisfied if we're not seeing the flow and the move and the operation of the Holy Spirit within the church. And I stress this too all the time, you know, and I want to continue to stress this, that, that we want a genuine flow of the Holy Spirit. We don't want that which is, um, we don't want gifts that are, that are, um, our operations, our manifestations that are of an individual's own will or spirit or of the flesh. But we want to make sure that we're operating and flowing in the Holy Spirit. Amen. These gifts, you know, flow and operate. They're in the Holy Spirit. They're gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So we want a genuine move and a genuine flow. And in Pentecost over the years, we, uh, if, you've, if you have been in Pentecost very many years at all or very much of your life, you know and I know that we have all saw manifestations in Pentecostal services that were not of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Didn't mean, doesn't mean that they were demonic. Sometimes people just get in the flesh, and it's not the Spirit. So, you know, we want to be careful that we're, um, that we're operating in the Spirit, and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to flow and move in our lives. Amen. 
but we desire these gifts. We want these gifts. We covet these gifts. So if we're desiring these gifts and coveting this, these gifts, that means that we should be spending some time asking God to manifest these gifts in our lives and in the body of Christ in the church, okay? So I, that's, you know, I want to encourage you to do that, to be praying, Lord, Lord, you know, it, even if you don't want to be used, to be praying, Lord, manifest those gifts as you will and as you desire at Abundant Life Family Church within the body of Christ as you will and desire. Use those vessels, Lord, that are yielded to you. I told you the story about the first interpretation in tongues I gave when I was just a, a teenage boy, about 17 years old. And man, I mean, you know, it was no doubt that it was the Holy Ghost given that to me. And so, you know, pray, God, let the gifts of the Spirit be in manifestation and in operation. Not just the vocal gifts. Yes, we want to hear from God through the vocal gifts. But also these gifts that we're getting ready to touch on this week and next week. These gifts of power. The power gifts. We need the power gifts in operation. Come on, amen. We need the power gifts. So I want to talk to you tonight about the first of these power gifts, which I believe that this gift, this, this gifting and this manifestation of the Spirit will also flow and work with the gifts of healing and with the gift of the working of miracles because all of these gifts operate by faith. And so when you're operating in the gift, if, you know, if God's operating and flowing in the gift of the working of miracles, then there's going to be also the operation of the gift of special faith involved as well. Because you're going to have to have some special faith to flow in miracle working power. Come on, amen. I, I think we would all like to say that, hey, I've got faith to believe God within myself. I've got faith to believe God for the miraculous. And anytime we say God's a miracle-working God, God can do everything, there's nothing too hard for the Lord, everybody says amen. But when it comes to the miraculous, do we really possess do we really possess that faith that can reach out there and latch on to a miracle from God? Come on, amen. Well, we, you know, we, we, we need to be developing our faith, but there is a gift that will allow you to receive miracles from the Lord. It's a special manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So in verse 9, he says to another, by uh, faith by the same Spirit. The New Living Translation says it this way, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. The Amplified says this, says it this way, to another wonder-working faith. So we can see that when he's talking here about the, the, the manifestation of the gift of faith, that he's just not talking about uh, ordinary, just an ordinary faith. It's a special kind of faith. It's a wonder-working faith. It's a miracle-working. It's great faith, special faith, wonder-working faith. How many would say, I like to have some of that kind of faith? Amen? Praise God. Now, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about faith. We're faith people. I mean, you're saved here and in this service tonight, you're, you got saved. How did you get saved? By faith, right? You had to believe to be saved. You had to, to exercise and exhibit faith in the Word of God. And the Bible says so much, has so much to say about faith. It's a, it's a vast subject in the Word of God. I mean, you know, there's a whole chapter in the book of Hebrews that's given to the subject of faith, the heroes of faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, he gives there the definition of faith. And he says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. It gives substance to what we hope for, and it gives evidence. One translation says it's the title deed of the things that we do not see. So faith gives substance to what we see. You know how we are. We're here in Missouri, right? You know, we're Missourians. We're in the what? 
What's our the show me state? I want to see it. If I can see it, then I'll believe it. You show me. That's that's the way Thomas was. Remember Thomas? They told Thomas he wasn't there on Sunday night when the Lord appeared. He missed that Sunday night service. And he wasn't there when the Lord showed up on that Sunday night. And uh, they told him, they said, the Lord's been here. You know, they saw him, the other disciples. And Thomas said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. He said, I'd have to see the, the, the nail prints in his hand. I'd have to see the scar in his side. I've got to see it before I believe it. How many, how many people do you know? Yeah, he's from Missouri, wasn't he? How many people do you know that, uh, and probably ourselves, have been that way at some time or another. Well, I got to see it. I got to feel it. I got to experience it. I've got to handle it. Then I'll believe it. But that's not what faith is. Faith is faith is the ability to believe what we cannot see. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. And you remember when Jesus appeared then the next week, Thomas showed up for that service. He happened to be there that night. And the Lord said to him, you know, said right to Thomas, said, Hey, Thomas. Come on, reach, yeah, reach, reach out and put your, put your finger in the nail prints in my hand. Thrust your hand into my side and see that I'm here and I'm real. And he said to Thomas, don't be faithless, but be believing. Amen? And he told Thomas, he even told Thomas, he said, Thomas, you have seen and have believed. But blessed is he who has not seen, but yet has believed. Amen? So there's a blessing on us. That's what faith is, is being able to believe what you do not see. But the, but the substance of that belief is not just, well, I'm believing something, just anything that I can't see. Its, it's, it's substance is based upon the Word of God. It's if the Word of God says it, I believe what God says instead of what my eyes are telling me or what my ears are saying to me or what my five senses are saying to me. I choose to believe the Word of God. Let God be true and what? Every man a liar. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what faith is. So it's, you know, it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith, as I said, is believing before seeing the accomplishment of a situation. Whether it be for our healing, for an answer to prayer, for a need to be met. When we have asked God, when we're praying for that, we have to believe that we will receive before we get it. Come on. It believes before seeing the accomplishment of a situation. Faith brings into reality what a person starts out believing. And sometimes our believing, you know, we, we have to stand in faith. You know, the Bible says that, that we walk by faith. We live by faith. I mean, everything about this Christian life is a life and a walk of faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Amen. Faith is not just something that got us into the kingdom of God. It's not something that just got us born again or got us saved, but it becomes a lifestyle in that, that we live in and we walk in. So, so it's, 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 uh, it does get us into the kingdom of God. Everybody, if you're here tonight and you are saved, can I see your hand? If you're born again. All right, so everybody here that raised your hand, you have already exercised faith and received Jesus Christ, received salvation, received the new birth, amen, simply because you believed what the Bible said. And if you would, would accept Christ, confess Christ with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You believed that and you acted on that. Did you see Jesus? No. Amen. Did you see God the Father? No. Did you literally see him on the cross? No. Did you physically see him resurrected? No. But you believed what you didn't see. You believed it because the Bible said so. Come on. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Somebody said, I just can't believe in anything I can't see. Well, when's the last time you saw your brain? <laughs> well, huh? 
How many, how many of y'all believe your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life tonight? Have you ever saw the book? No. That's faith. That's believing what we do not see. Okay, do we, we get that? Now, now I know that I know, I know, and I understand that the that the 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 um, the teaching on faith got way out in the left field, and it's really you know over the last 40, 50 years has really got messed up. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Amen. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to stop preaching and teaching faith just because there's been some that have got off base with faith. You know, there's been those that have got gotten way out in left field and off in the ditch on one side with the, with the message of positive confession. Well, there is a positive confession. There is a confession of faith that we make. But but we are not, as, as some of those have taught, we're not, we don't have the ability just to speak things into existence and create things. We are not God. Are you hearing me? But there is a confession. I do declare and confess what the Word of God says about me amen what I have in Christ what he's provided for me in Christ so there is a, a right confession of faith and that, that that's not my topic tonight that's not my message but every believer has a general uh, saving faith all of you that raised your hand tonight um, you you have been saved by faith Ephesians 2 and 8 by grace are you saved through what through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So what, what is the gift of God? Uh, well, I believe he's saying there, of course, salvation is the gift of God. But you're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves. The faith that got you saved was, was a gift of God. He, you couldn't have got saved. If you didn't have, if you hadn't have had God to impart the faith into your heart to believe to be saved. You heard the gospel preached. You heard the word of God about salvation. And, and, and God imparted to you faith to believe what you heard. Amen. Convicted you. Drew you to Jesus. And you placed your faith in him. And you got born again. So that's general faith. That's saving faith. It comes through hearing the Word of God. Isn't that right? Faith comes. Isn't that what the Bible says in Romans 10, 17? Faith, this is kind of elementary stuff, but we need to hear it probably again. Faith comes by what? Hearing. That's why I'm such, you know, I, I, I'm so strong on uh, and have a, such a strong belief in the preaching of the Word and the teaching of the Word because that's where your faith comes from. It, it builds your faith up to hear the preaching and teaching of the word faith comes by hearing the word so you know when when you get saved you have you are given by the lord every believer the measure of faith is it that right the measure. Some of the newer translations translated a measure of faith. But I, I like the King James because the King James says, Romans, was it Romans 12, 3, that God has dealt to every man, T-H-E, the measure of faith. And that tells me that when you get born again, that God gives every one of us the same measure of faith. He doesn't give me a big measure and give you a little measure. He gives us all the same measure. Now, what we do with that measure of faith after we get born again, what we do with that determines how much faith then, how our faith develops, how our faith grows, how our faith, faith increases. Do you understand that you, there are different levels of faith that Christians are in? Amen. I, I read to you this morning, preached to you this morning, um, of Jesus and those disciples in that boat. And what did he say to them? Why were you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Amen. Oh, I felt like that before. Amen. He told what? He told. Uh, he told Peter, "Oh, ye of 
little faith. Amen? Oh, ye of little faith. But then he told uh, a centurion and he told a, a Syrophoenician Gentile woman one time, he said, great is your faith. Hallelujah. So some, some had no faith, some had little faith, and some had great faith. Oh, I don't know about anybody else, but I want to get in the great faith category. Can I get an Amen. I believe we're going to need great faith to, to exist and to survive in these last days in which we live in today. We're going to have to have faith like we've never had faith before. Amen. Praise God. So um, this faith is the faith, this general faith, saving faith, um, is the faith that is also a, a gift of God that enables us to receive answers to prayer. The faith that all believers receive when we are born again. That measure of faith. Now we got to develop that faith. We got to feed that faith. We have to exercise that faith. Come on, amen. Is that right? That's, that's, how, that's how it gets developed. You feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Amen. And well, how do you feed it? You feed it on the Word of God. You feed it by reading and studying the Word, by spending time in prayer, amen, by fellowshipping with the Father, amen. So, so, so that faith has to grow and has to be developed. But all believers have that measure of faith. And this is the faith that enables us to live a victorious life, to live an overcoming life. Now your faith, of course, has to be in the right object, which we have to have faith in God. We do have faith in His Word. But our faith must be anchored in Jesus Christ and His finished work, amen. That's the object Jesus and what he has done for us is the object of our faith. It's not faith in your faith. It's not faith in your confession. It's not faith in your ability. It's faith in Christ and what he did for us and what he continues to do in us every single day. So it is faith... In the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for us that gives us victory on a daily basis. How many believe that? That's how important faith is to us. John said in 1 John, I forget, 1 John, it's in 1 John, look it up. Amen. This, I think it's 5 and 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So faith is your victory. So is that make, you know, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Is that, does that then make faith important to our life? Absolutely it does. Every day we have to daily take up our cross. Daily deny ourselves, Daily exercise our faith and place our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary. Praise God. I'm about to shout. I got, I got to calm down here. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Do I have permission to shout if I want to? All right. All right. And this faith, faith, general faith, is so important to us that the Bible says that we can't even please God without it. That it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you got to have faith that pleases God. When you go to the Lord and you're believing Him, just the fact that you go to Him in prayer and begin to worship Him, you're admitting, I believe that you exist. You are God. You're my everything. That pleases God. You're exhibiting faith in Him. But then you believe that He will reward you for your diligently seeking after Him, that He will answer your prayer, that He will meet your need. And that, listen, when He sees somebody come to Him like that in faith, that pleases the heart of the Lord it pleases the heart of God amen hallelujah hallelujah oh my help me Jesus so that's general faith 
Just a saving faith and a general faith that we use on a daily basis. But then there's also faith that is referred to in Galatians 5.22 as one of the uh, nine fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Uh, for the fruit of the Spirit, he said, is love, joy, faith, uh, meekness, long-suffering, and faith is mentioned. But now that word would have been better translated faithfulness because that's the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Oh, as a pastor, I'm praying all the time that that fruit would be developed in a lot more people's lives. Oh, it's going to get quiet now. Amen. Faithfulness. That's a fruit of the Spirit. And um, we need that fruit of the Spirit developed in our lives. Do you agree with that? Amen. It's a, it's a fruit that grows in the life of the believer, along with love and joy and peace and gentleness and meekness and temperance. Faithfulness is, is a, a fruit that needs to be developed, and it's produced in us by the Holy Spirit. But this faith, or faithfulness in Galatians 5, is a fruit of the Spirit. That is not the gift of faith. General saving faith, faith that we use on a daily basis, is not the gift of faith. The gift of faith is different from ordinary faith that we use to overcome the world, to get answers to prayers and those things. So what is then the gift of faith? This special faith that is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a definition of the gift of faith. The gift of faith is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now notice that. It's a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby a believer is empowered with special faith or wonder-working faith that is beyond ordinary faith. It's beyond ordinary daily faith. It's a special kind of faith that's imparted to your heart by the Holy Spirit. Who, where does the Holy Spirit live? He lives in you. Amen. And it's, it's a sudden surge of faith. And it's literally God's faith imparted to you into your spirit by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, how important that gift of faith can be. The gift of faith is a gift of the Spirit to the believer in order that you can believe to receive miracles from God. Amen? I don't know. That just excites me. I uh, doesn't take much to excite me, though. Praise God. I get excited pretty easy. So it's, it's special faith imparted to your life to receive miracles from God. It's not a faith that is there all the time in operation all the time, but it comes on special occasions at certain times as the Spirit wills and as you need that faith to be imparted. The gift of faith is a gift of the Spirit to the believer, as I said, to receive miracles. The gift, and we'll talk about this in another time, but the gift of the working of miracles is the gift given to the believer to work miracles or to perform miracles or the miraculous through the power of the Holy Spirit. One gift receives, the gift of faith receives miracles. The other gift, the working of miracles, works or does something. It works miracles. But, so that's the difference there. But with the gift of faith, there is, as I said, there's a sudden surge of faith that usually, and usually when, when this gift is in operation, is usually the time that we need it most is when we are in a crisis situation. 
Amen? Anybody ever been in a crisis situation where you needed a special, oh, you, you, you believed God and you had faith, but you just needed some special faith to hold on and believe God for something miraculous and supernatural to take place in your life? And that is where this gift of faith given imparted by the Holy Spirit comes in. Amen? In times of great need, suddenly there is a great confidence that just wells up on the inside of you with the urge to declare something in Jesus' name with a certainty that that is going to take place and that is going to happen. I like to call this gift of faith mountain-moving faith. Come on, amen. That's the faith that says to the mountain, be removed, get out of my way, be cast into the sea. And Jesus said, it shall obey you. Hallelujah. It's not ordinary faith. It's not just you doing that, but it's the Holy Ghost in you imparting that special faith, speaking and decreeing and declaring through your lips. And when that faith speaks and when the Holy Ghost speaks and when God speaks, come on somebody, something happens in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus Jesus and his disciples, you remember when Jesus, Mark 11, when Jesus cursed that fig tree? And uh, they came back, was it the next day, they came back by there, and it had withered up, and they called the, uh, Jesus' attention to it, and they said, look there, that fig tree that you cursed yesterday. I heard Brother Shambach preach years ago a message, a message entitled, The Man Who Talked to Trees. That was Jesus, amen. And, and look, Jesus, you cursed that fig tree yesterday, and it's withered up, it's dried up. And Jesus said to them in Mark eleven twenty two. He said, have faith in God. And uh, if, you, if you will look in the margin, I have, a, I have a, a, a Cambridge King James Version Bible here, but uh, in the margin of the King James, there's a little footnote that says, next to verse 22, it says, uh, you know, Jesus said, have faith in God. And the footnote says, or... More literally, have the faith of God. Or it's God's faith. It's, it's God's faith. You know, no, you know, we've taken that and said, well, if I just go to confessing things, that's God's faith. No, 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 no. See, we're getting this, we're getting the cart. But I'm talking about a faith that's imparted by the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit raising up in you a surge of faith in you imparted by God's Spirit. Amen? To decree or to declare. And that's what this faith is. He said, have the faith of God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's the mountain moving faith. It's faith that believes in the heart and does not doubt in the heart. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When that faith, when that faith that gift of faith, that supernatural, special faith is imparted to you by the Holy Spirit in your spirit. You, you, there's no doubting. There is no doubting. You just know. You just, it, there's, it's a knowing in your knower. Come on, amen. Praise God. That, that, that's that operation of that gift of faith. That's when you just feel the Holy Spirit rising up in you, declaring something, just like Jesus did to that fig tree. And when God says it, it happens. Come on, amen. Do, do, would you think that we might need this operation of this special faith in our lives and times, amen? When crises come, when emergencies come, amen, we've reached the end of our general uh, regular faith that we have. We've reached the end of that and God just... The Holy Ghost just drops His special faith in our heart. And there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I know that I know that I know that I know it is done. Praise God. I've got the word from the Lord on it. 
Many times God will quicken a verse of Scripture uh, and drop that verse in your heart and make it so real to you that it's spoken just directly to you and you know that it's going to take place. That's mountain-moving faith. That's the gift of faith. That's the gift that, that comes in those emergency crisis situations in your life. Amen? God, in the Bible, gave a lot of people. That you, we, we see the illustrations of this all through the Word of God, Old and New Testament. But one of the, uh, one of the best ones, there's so many I could give. You know, I could, I could preach all night on this, don't you know that? I mean, I, I, I like this. I mean, I, when I'm getting into stuff that I like to deal with because it's so needed within the body of Christ today. But in, um, in the book of Daniel, we're all familiar with Daniel and how that, you know, Daniel was uh, one of the, he was, he was exalted in the kingdom by, um, by Darius, the king of, of Persia. And um, uh, he, was, he was set up as one of the main guys, you know. Well, the, the people that he was preferred, the Bible said, above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And so the other guys, they were jealous of Daniel, and so they decided that they would find something, some kind of occasion against Daniel and uh, something that they could pin on him so that they could get him removed from, uh, from office. Boy, that sounds familiar. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. They were, they were trying to find something wrong that they could, you know, some kind of collusion with Daniel or something. You know, they, they were trying to find something, but, but they couldn't find anything. And the Bible says that uh, they couldn't find any occasion or fault in him. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. And so they, made their de- they, they, they finally decided, well, if we're going to find any occasion against this guy, we're going to fi- have to find it against concerning the laws of his God because those laws he keeps to the T. He's got an excellent spirit. He keeps those laws. He's faithful to God. So you know the story. They came up with this decree that if anybody in the kingdom asked a petition of any man or any other god or anybody besides the king Darius, that they would be cast into the den of lions. They knew. They thought, we got this guy dead to rights. We got old Daniel. So they, they, they made that decree. Uh, The king signed it. He put his stamp of approval on it. And then Daniel found out about it. But I love what it says when it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knew that now it's against the law to pray. Now it's against the law. But you know what he did? What if they passed a law that we couldn't go to church? Some, some, Some people would like that. What if they passed a law that we couldn't pray? What if they passed a law that we had to turn in all of our Bibles? We're worried about, about them passing a law to turn in all of our guns. We have a fit over that. But what if they passed a law that we had to turn in all of our Bibles and that we couldn't go to church anymore? What would we do? Well, look what Daniel did. It said in Daniel 6 and 10, it said that when Daniel, I love this. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, What did he do? He went up into his house, his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem, and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God just as he did aforetime. That law didn't change his lifestyle with God one iota. Come on, amen? Well, what happened, though? You know what happened? Those guys were watching for that, and they, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait to run to, to Darius the king and say, Hey, king, you signed this law. Nobody's supposed to be praying. Nobody's supposed to be asking anything of any other god or anybody. Well, look at that Daniel. He's up there bold enough to throw his window open and get his face out there and just pray in front of everybody three times a day, not once, twice, three times. Three times today he's done that. Glory to God. So guess what? He's going to the lion's den. He's going to the lion's den. They couldn't change the law. The king was sorry that he'd signed it because he really liked Daniel. But now Daniel's going to the lion's den. But notice, 
Notice. Oh, hallelujah. The king went to his palace. Well, let's, let's, let me just read it here. The king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him to the den of lions. Now the king spake and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you service continually, he will deliver you. That king, that pagan king had more faith than most of us Christians. They brought a stone, laid it at the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet, with the signet of his lord's. It says, and then the king went to his palace, passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and sleep went from him. He couldn't sleep. Then the king rose very early in the morning, and he went in haste to the den of lions. And when he had came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, O Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Woo, hallelujah, Woo is right, amen. Then said Daniel to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me, hallelujah. For as much before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Amen. Listen, you know what? Daniel went into that lion's den, and it doesn't say that he did anything. I tell you what I believe he did. He just, he fluffed up the mane of one of those lions and made a pillow out of it and just laid down with the lions and went to sleep in the lion's den and slept all night. The king was awake, tossing and turning. The king said, I didn't get to sleep at all last night. Amen. But here was Daniel sleeping in the midst of danger in the lion's den. Why was that? Why was that? How could he do that? That wasn't some ordinary faith that he had. God dropped the gift of faith in that man's heart to let him know you're going to be alright. There's an angel by your side. Hallelujah. It was faith imparted by the Holy Spirit in his life. Amen. Verse 23 pretty much tells us that. It says, Then the king was exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found on him because he believed in his God. That was faith. Hallelujah. He believed in his God. It wasn't just ordinary faith. It was a crisis situation. He had to have special faith, wonder-working faith, and God provided that faith for him. I need that kind of faith operating in my life. Amen? I can't just turn a switch on. I always could. Just say, oh, I'm to find that faith switch. Click that faith switch on. No, 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 it don't work that way. It's this, this special faith is in parted by the Holy Spirit. He'll do it for you. I mean, if he did it for Daniel in the Old Testament, he'll do it for you. It was that gift of faith. We preached about Elijah the other night. It was that gift of faith that was dropped into the heart of Elijah by the Lord that caused him to be able to go before Ahab and say, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. It's not going to rain till I say so. He wasn't just talking presumptuously. He had been, God had spoke that to him, and God had given him that faith. It was the gift of faith in operation and the obedience to that faith to go down by the brook Kirith and birds brought him food morning and evening. Amen. It was that gift of faith when the brook ran dry to tell him to go to the, to the widow woman at Zarephath. And when he got up there and, and she said I don't have anything but a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. I'm going to make two cakes. One for me, one for my son. We're going to eat these cakes and we're going to die. But God dropped a special faith into the heart of Elijah and he said don't you fear you make me a cake and that meal barrel won't run dry that cruise of oil will not fail as long as this family that's the gift of faith that's to believe for the miraculous that's wonder working faith my God we need that kind of faith in our hearts and lives today amen
Hallelujah to the Lord. We preached about Jesus this morning. That was the gift of faith operating in his life, that he could lay down and go to sleep. Amen. And the storm didn't even wake him up. Hallelujah. That's the peace of God, the gift of faith in operation. Jesus already knew they was going to the other side. God had let him know that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel and Jesus and Elijah possessed a faith that was far beyond the simple general a general faith that every believer has through just believing the Word of God. This gift of faith, listen to me, saints, this gift of faith expects a miracle as a continuous action. It's not something that's just there and then gone. But when that gift of faith is in operation, it expects a miracle. It continues on. Hallelujah. Peter was on death row. Amen. He was going to be executed the next morning. But how could this man of God lay down? The Bible said he was guarded by four quaternions of soldiers and he's chained to, he's chained to two soldiers and he just lays down and goes to sleep on death row knowing he's going to be executed in the morning. How did that happen? How did that happen? It was the gift of faith. And God showed up and sent an angel down there and opened the jailhouse doors and got him out. Amen. I need that gift. You need that gift. Supernatural faith operating in our life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. There must be, and I'm closing, there must be a specific need for this gift to be activated. A special need that requires special faith. Right? A special need that requires special faith. Would it be all right to ask God to to impart that faith to you? I believe it would be all right. Somebody said, well, you know, we don't pray for faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word. That's true. That's true. But this is special faith. This is a gift that we're supposed to desire and covet. And if you desire and covet it, you will ask for it. Lord, I'm believing to the extent of my ability. I'm believing, Lord, to the extent of what I can. I'm stretching my faith in your word as far as I can stretch it. But I've got an emergency down here, and I need a special manifestation of your faith to get me through this. Come on, amen. I believe God will do it. I really do. I believe God will do it. Hallelujah. But you and I, as individuals, must first step out on the faith that God has already given us before that gift of faith will manifest. But if we will do that, if we will covet this gift, we will desire this gift, amen, it will happen. It, it will happen. When you read of the miracles in the Bible, it was the operation of the gift of working of miracles, but this gift of special faith was there. The gift of working of miracles worked the miracle, but it was the gift of, of special faith to receive the miracle. When Peter was called down there to, to, uh, to Joppa when Tabitha died, Dorcas, Remember her? And she was just a special lady in that church. And she died, and they called for Peter because he was close to Joppa, and he came down there. The Bible said that they showed him everything that she had done, all the stuff she had made. They were so sad that she had died. And Peter went in and knelt down beside the bed and began to pray. He put everybody out. He went in, he knelt down, and he started praying. It said that he knelt down and prayed. But then all of a sudden after he prayed, whew, See, see, here's what I believe. I believe that while he was praying, the Holy Ghost dropped a special faith in his heart. He was praying, Lord, here's Dorcas. She needs to be raised from the dead. Lord, these people are so hurt and they're so sad. What can we do? What do you want me to do? And he's seeking the Lord. And all of a sudden, he raises up from prayer. And he looks at Dorcas and said, Dorcas, you get up from there. You get up from there. You raise up from there. Was that Peter just speaking? No, no, no. There was the working of miracles that was involved but I'm telling you it was special faith while he was praying that the Holy Ghost dropped in his heart and said you turn around I can just, uh, the Holy Ghost just told you you just turn and look at Dorcas and tell her to live hallelujah 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 everybody's familiar you know Smith Wigglesworth I think he raised 
uh, through the gift of the Spirit, the working of miracles, I don't know, it was three or five different people that he saw raised, literally raised from the dead. But it was special faith that God, and he had admitted that. It was faith beyond what he could muster. It was faith beyond what he could believe. It takes that kind of faith to do the miraculous. And we need it today. Maybe that's why we in the, in the body of Christ today are seeing less of the miraculous than what our forefathers saw because they knew what it was. Listen, our forefathers knew what it was. They knew that phrase to pray through, to pray through till you touch the brim of the Holy Ghost, till the gift of faith was operated in your life. They believed God in those days. Man, the generation before mine believed God for some miraculous things because they operated in these gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The generation that my dad, my uncle, the generation before me flowed in these gifts, operated in these gifts. The great worship team, you can come on back. If I get them up here, I'll hush. The great healing revival that took place in the 40s and 50s was, oh, there were so many miracles that took place. The great tent meetings of Oral Roberts and A.A. Allen and Jack Coe and R.W. Shambach. Let me tell you something. I've been in some of those meetings. People have come too late to tell me that's fake. Oh, they're, they're, listen, they're, they're, there's been those that's come along with the fake stuff. You can, read the, you can tell the fake immediately from the real. The first, the very first service that I was at the R.W. Shambach meeting service, I was... Me and Vicky was just talking about this the other day because I was in St. Louis and I drove by Lafayette, the corner of Lafayette and Jefferson. And that was where he was. And that was Gateway Temple at that time. It was the old German house there in St. Louis. And we lived in Cape. My dad lived in Sykeston. And I wanted to go to this meeting. And it was on a weeknight. And I was working during the day. I got in the car, Vicky and I, we drove from Cape to Sykeston, picked up my dad, my sister, drove from Sykeston to St. Louis to be in church, was in church till I don't know, those services, you know, they didn't have no end to them, they just kept going, you know, probably 10, 11 o'clock at night, drove from that service was over, drove from there back to Sykeston to drop my dad off and then back from Sykeston to Cape and got to bed at the wee hours of the morning and got up and went to work the next morning. Amen. Well, I was just refreshed, but listen, listen, listen. I had a hunger for the things of God. And in that service that night, in that service that night, the power of God was falling. I can tell you tonight, I could preach. I could start right now and preach the message that Brother Shambach preached that night, but I won't. That's how much of an impact it had on my life. That's why I know that it's real. Poor witness with my spirit. But there was a lady, there was several different ones that came through the prayer line. And healings were taking place. And the gift of, of, the gift of healing was, was in operation. The gift of faith was in operation in that service that night. You could feel the power surging. And there was a lady that had been in a car accident had the brace on her neck and they brought her up there and brother Shambach brother Shambach laid hands on her if you've never been in a Shambach meeting it's hard to explain but he laid hands on her and the power of God hit her and her hands went up and she began to praise God and the gift of faith kicked in see you don't do what I'm getting ready to tell you you don't do just cause somebody else done it the gift of faith kicked in. 
And Brother Shambach reached up and took the brace off of that lady's neck. And I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, what's going to happen now? You know, she's... And, and he took the brace off of her neck, laid his hand on her, and she hit the floor like she had been shot. She got up from there and ran all over that place and shouted all over that place and moved her head. Amen. She was healed of the power of God. But what caused him to take the brace off, to grab her head when he did and begin to turn it and twist it? And I thought, oh, he's going to kill her. Amen. But you know what it was? It was the gift of faith. There was no doubt in his mind or in his heart that God had told him to do that. Amen? It's the gift of special faith. It operates in healing, but it operates in so many other ways as well. We need it daily. But as I said, especially in a crisis situation, in an emergency situation, gift of special faith. Stand with me tonight.